everybody. Welcome back to episode 36 of the Canberra Football Show, round 13 review. Michael, how's it going today? Yeah, I'm good, Matt, but I can imagine you're a lot happier. Look, let's just get this out of the way. Football <laughs> culture is coming Rome. That's all I've got to say. Coming Rome. Very well <laughs> done. Uh, let's just get a little... I'll get a little review out of the way. Well, while, while yeah, why not? So essentially, um, England were way better in the first half. Italy couldn't even bloody string a ball together. Um, but England were in that predicament where they're like, geez, you know what? You know what do we do when we're up in the first, you know, second minute or whatever? And they just sort of sat back, tried to absorb the pressure, and Italy eventually finally got in their ways. Chiesa was amazing. Donnarumma made some fantastic saves, and also that Italy goal. Geez, Pickford. What an initial save that was. I know yeah. Bucci still snuck it in, but what an initial yeah. save that was from Pickford. Um, and yeah, look, Italy proved that they were one of the best teams over the tournament. And But England deserved to be there. So credit to England. Some of the youngsters played really well also. Um, no sympathy for uh, Rashford though with that, uh, with that uh, run-up. I said the same at, about Zaza when he did a similar run-up in the 2016 penalty shootout. Yeah. You do a run-up, like they deserve to, you know, you deserve to um, miss the shot. But yeah, uh, like- I felt bad for play, you know, the younger players like Saka and all that, you know, 19-year-old and uh, was took the uh, the last penalty. So I felt bad for some of the players like that that missed. From what I sort of saw anyway from about the 60th minute onwards, because I got up at about 20 past six, I was contemplating getting up. But, you know, like England, Italy, not really either country I'd pay too much sort of attention to to sort of you know, make me want to um, get up at five in the morning. But, um, you know, f- from what I watched from about the 60th minute onwards, um, you know, Italy were pretty much in control and Verratti was just running the the midfield as well. What a player he is. Um, just his ability to like get the ball and just move it so quickly and get, and get all of um, his teammates involved. I thought they... You know, it, it kind of played into their hands a little bit, um, given the sort of tactical approach England took. Being one nil up, they just thought would sit back, soak up the pressure, and 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 hit on the hit on the counter, which I can guess. Um, so I, I mean, I can understand to a certain uh, extent because they're defending a lead, and you're in a final. You don't want to take too many chances either. And finals usually like that anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cagey. Um, you'll have teams set up like that, especially after scoring a goal as well, which I can yeah. understand. But at the same time, look, um, I would have liked them to be a little bit more aggressive and go for the go for the second goal. But credit to Italy and Mancini, most importantly. He's turned that team right around from when Italy didn't even qualify for the World Cup. And he's gone 34 games now unbeaten with this Italian side and got them winning the European Championship. So credit to that team. I'm glad Mancini came before the match. He came and said that. 34 games or 33 games doesn't matter unless we win a title. And that's the exact mentality you need to have. Um, But he made the right substitutions. He didn't bring on like in the 50th minute or whatever it was, he didn't bring on their most technical players. He brought Mm. on players that he knew would be able to be aggressive and would put England back. And it worked. He brought on Cristante, he brought on Berardi. And they had more, they had better players on the bench, but he brought on the players that he thought would change the game. And he did make them a lot more aggressive and help them going forward. And yeah, and more importantly, forget about 2018. 2018 is probably the kick up the butt Italy needed to change their philosophy. But to me, this sort of finally sort of buries that 
2012 Euro final embarrassment, yep. 4-0 against Spain. For me, that's the the big one. And I'm sure any Italian fan that was, you know, not four years old like me and watching Euro 2000 and that heartbreak. So it's finally good to see Italy actually win a Euros for uh, in my lifetime when I can actually enjoy it anyway. Not Congratulations on that, Matt. Yeah, yeah, no, it's great to see. So Forza Italia and um, yeah, but England deserve to be there as well. So there's no reason why England can't go on and do something. Um, yeah, they've got the know, blueprint now. The two best teams were in the final. Yeah. yeah, they've got a good blueprint going forward. I mean, it, obviously the disappointment in losing the way that they did. And, you know, I didn't really agree with some of the substitutions Southgate made either. I mean, bringing Sancho and Rash- Rashford on with just the penalties. Virtually a minute left. They didn't get a touch of the ball. They didn't really get a feel of the game. And then to expect them to just, you know, go straight into the shootout with their first kicks of the game and produce, you know, yeah, a bit of a tough situation to put those lads in. And like you mentioned before, Saka as well, the 19-year-old, yep, you know, the well. weight of the world on his shoulders. And if he misses, you know, they, they lose the shootout. So, but it's only going to hold that team in good stead. I think they're, Hopefully, you know, going forward, we'll, we'll start seeing them consistently more. 100%. And uh, looking forward to the next uh, World Cup. So uh, that's it for the Euros now. Let's uh, get straight into MPL1, shall we? Michael, what's our uh, first matchup of the weekend? Remember, every match was at the exact same time, 3 p.m. yesterday. Uh, we had Gungahl United uh, up against Belcon United, uh, Matt. So it was a 1-1 draw there. Uh, Burgard scoring a... Th- uh, 37th minute um, opener uh, before that was cancelled out by Tachenko. Um, and I'll get into that a little bit more. Um, it, it was a tight affair at AIS, um, you know, obviously resulted in the share of the spoils between the two teams. I think Bocconnor will be a little disappointed they couldn't, you know, hold on and get themselves the three points. Um, you know, I think they're sort of really striving to get back in the winner's circle and put put some consistent performances uh, together over the last few weeks, you know, it would have, you know, put them level um, if, the, if they had got the win against Gungahlin, it would have put them uh, level on points with Gunners and Olympic, you know, as they look to sort of make that jump towards the top four, but it's another result that holds them back. Um, and like I mentioned before, Tachenko, um, what a goal that was. Uh, outside the box, just absolutely put his foot through it uh, and, and found the back of the net. And so it was definitely one of the best goals uh, you, you'll see all season uh, for sure. He was a fair distance out, but he managed to get a good connection on the ball and um, put it in the back of the net. So kudos to him because that was a great goal. Yeah, it's um, and, and it's a sort of goal that you need when you're chasing a game and, you know, chances are few and far between you're maybe struggling to break a team down and you're really just relying on someone to pull the sort of the rabbit out of the out of the hat as they say you know just to provide a bit of you know spark or individual brilliance from somewhere and uh, that's what Tachenko was able to do and make it 1-1 with 20 minutes to go but neither side could really push on and obviously get the three points as they shared the points uh, Gunners still remain uh, fourth uh, in the table after this result. But the key thing to note is, Matt, and we touched on it last week, is that they have the game in hand yep. uh, where they can overtake West Canberra, uh, who lost. But we'll get into that um, soon as well with the other matches we'll talk about. Um, but a victory in that game in hand for Gunners would put them ahead of West Canberra, uh, seeing that West Canberra is only ahead by two points, but obviously they've played one more game. 
uh, than Gungahlin. But it would have been good for Gunners to obviously get the three points. Would have changed that narrative a little bit. Yeah, look, it would have changed both narratives a little bit. This was definitely a stronger Bell Connor performance than uh, mm. their form would suggest anyway. They still haven't gotten a victory since that round five matchup against Canberra Croatia. I know I keep saying it, but uh, unfortunately, that's that's the, uh, that's, like the way, that's the way things are at the moment for Bell Connor United. Um, but like you said, they'll be very disappointed they didn't get the win. I mean, at least with the draw, that means they're now eight points off Tuggeron United in seventh place. But like you mentioned, if they got if Belco got the victory, they would have been above Minara and they would have been mm-hmm. uh, solidly in sixth place with 16 points, just one point above Minara. So they'll be disappointed not to get that. In terms of Gangala United, though, they sh- they're in the top four. Well, for this week anyway, they're in the top four regardless whether they lose that match or not against uh, Tigers FC, which there is also a narrative for Tigers FC, like we'll mention if they win that catch-up match. Uh, mm. But like you mentioned, what a goal from Gungali United. There was also a great goal from Gungali United in their 23s, actually. Andy Bernal posted yeah. his uh, socials. I don't know if you saw that, but geez, what a piece of play that was. And we all know, but in terms of Gungali United, though, this in terms of both teams, this is always a tough match. It was a 3-3 draw last time. Less goals this time, but there's never a lot between these teams when they play each other. They could be, one could be top, one could be bottom, and it would still be a similar result. This is just always a match where they're both up for it. Uh, for Belconi United, though, at least with the draw, like I said, eight points off, and let's see where they go, but they need a victory soon to get uh, to get themselves rolling. Um, Absolutely. All right, next up, next up, we have Canberra Croatia with... Uh, quite an emphatic loss against Canberra Olympic 5 1. Wow. Michael Taneski scored for Canberra Croatia in the second minute. Ihegi Crawford with two goals. Chris Ray with two goals as well for Canberra Olympic. Like I mentioned, huge, huge, huge result for Canberra Olympic. I mean, they did concede in the first couple of minutes. And the neutral, if the neutral watched this, they would have saw, all right, 1 0 Canberra Croatia. Uh, it's going to be a long day for Canberra Olympic, but. Ihegi scored just before halftime. Not only did he put his side level, he also swung the momentum their way. And safe to say it was all Canberra Olympic in that second half, Michael. They just yep. troubled Canberra Croatia with their pace, caused them so many issues on the counter. They countered very quickly and they countered with precision. It was a well-deserved victory from Canberra Olympic. And this also puts them in tied in fourth place with Gangala United, but below on goal difference. Bad day at the office for Canberra, Croatia, not only to lose by such a margin, but also to lose to your rivals, Canberra Olympic, by that margin. Uh, Safe to say they wouldn't have been happy with uh, the result. Uh, But Canberra, Croatia probably weren't expecting Canberra Olympic to have that sort of reaction, especially after scoring the first, you know, a couple of minutes. We've seen that from Canberra, Croatia, and they've been able to see those games out when they've scored really early over the last, you know, sort of month or so. But I guess... The one of the biggest, not only is that scoreline troubling for Canberra Croatia, but what would be troubling for them is Tigers are only one point now off Canberra Croatia. So if, yeah, if Tigers get that victory in the catch-up match against Gunners, then they'll be above Canberra Croatia and in the lead for the minor premiership. So yeah, two warriors there from Canberra Croatia, but uh, they'll be raring to go next week, I'm sure, to bounce back. But congratulations to Canberra Olympic. What a performance and very well-deserved. A lot of pace 
great counters from Canberra Olympic. Any thoughts on this one, Michael, before we move on? Yeah, I, I think everything you said, you pretty much hit the nail on the head, Matt. Um, what a second half performance. And I, I know that no one was expecting this uh, result, given how both teams uh, form-wise were heading into this one. But I don't think anyone could have predicted Olympic going to Deakin Stadium and putting five past Canberra Croatia. I mean, it's a fantastic result uh, for, for the away team and both well, obviously, for their... Uh, top four chances, like you mentioned before. Uh, it was just a very off defensive performance from uh, Canberra Olympic. I mean, sorry, uh, Canberra Croatia. And I mean, Canberra Olympic made Croatia pay with their pace, uh, especially on the counter-attack, like you mentioned. They just have so much talent going forward. Obviously, Heggie, they had uh, Ryan Jones in the midfield as well, uh, causing havoc. So they, they just managed to make this uh, Canberra-Croatia seem so exposed and so open. But we haven't seen uh, Canberra-Croatia be uh, opened up like this before in the back, Matt. I mean, they were just all over the place and they, they just really managed to take advantage of that space that was afforded to them. But they obviously worked, worked the ball up the pitch really well. They attacked with purpose. They're young. They're hungry. Uh, they, they play fantastically well. Um when they soak up a bit of pressure because they have those youngsters to be able to, you know, go forward and, and cause absolute mayhem. So uh, kudos to the Canberra Olympic for that second half performance in particular. I mean, it was just absolutely astonishing and that's going to give them a whole heap of confidence, but uh, on the flip side of it, like you mentioned, this now gives Tigers the chance to finally cement themselves in first place if they do win that uh, catch up game against Gungahlin United. So it just wasn't a good day for Canberra Croatia in general to lose the game. Uh, and then now for Tigers FC to have that game in hand and give them the opportunity to leapfrog Canberra Croatia into first place. Next matchup, we had Tuggeranong United. Uh, they fell short yet again, this time to the Monero Panthers. Uh, 3-1 uh, to the Panthers. Richards opened the scoring uh, for Tuggeranong United in the 14th minute. Uh, that was before uh, a barrage. Uh, in the second half from Monero, Dominici, Calabria, and Woods scoring in the 96th minute there in injury uh, time to really sort of just cap off the three points there for Monero. Um, it, and it's a big three points for them in the context of, you know, all the teams that are vying for uh, that top four. Uh, the, the, the margin becomes shorter and shorter uh, between each side, uh, which is great to see from a competitive standpoint. And it was really important for Monero to go there and just concentrate on getting the three points uh, and, and nothing else. They really needed that win and that's what they got. Uh, but it certainly didn't start uh, the way that they wanted to, Matt. I mean, they, they fell behind uh, after Richards found the back of the net inside the box. Uh, and that you could tell that gave Tigranong a lot of confidence. Uh, they, they played well in the first half. Um, Monero... You know, couldn't really get it going, but then it really just opened up uh, just before the halftime interval where it looked like an off-ball uh, incident uh, involving uh, Connor Nolan and Sam Rossback. And then you could see he was gesturing to the referee that uh, that there was like an elbow being raised of some kind. And then the referee goes over and, and shows uh, Nolan the, the red and that just changed the complexion of the game uh, entirely. Uh, because in the second half, Monero just came out and they really took advantage of having that 
um, that man advantage, the, the 11 to 10. So, um, you know, Dominici scores a, a chip over the keeper after Tim Bobless, you know, on the halfway line gets a gets the ball quickly for a throw in and just launches it, um, you know, 30, 40 metres from what it looked like uh, all the way to Dominici, chip the ball over the keeper. And then, um, you know, Calabria got on the score sheet and then it looked like, uh, for the third goal, I mean, you know, it looked like to- obviously Togonong had put all their eggs in one basket trying to get the one draw. They had um, Wiseman up for the uh, for the corner, uh, headed clear fantastically well uh, by, I think, Jenkins it was, um, because then Monero just hit on the counter. Uh, they play the ball forward to Woods, who just uh, goes after the ball uh, just before it um, obviously goes uh, out of play. Uh, but you know he's got he's got real speed, um, Woods, and he, he just managed to get the ball in the nick of time to just uh, stick it in and confirm victory. And you can see how much the third goal meant to Monero. Uh, you know they they all came around each other and they let out a big roar uh, when they when they scored that third one because, like I mentioned prior, it's huge in their context uh, for the season. We talked about how they needed a win. Obviously, Tuggeron United need a win a lot more, but in terms of Monero's top four push and the difficult start they had to the year, this is a three points they very desperately needed and it's what they ultimately got. Yeah, look, Monero will be very happy with that. Uh, Targon will be not only disappointed that what they once again, uh, that they didn't get the victory. You mentioned they had the lead, the red card. It's safe to say probably the momentum was, it was a, it was a tight game, but momentum mm-hmm. was swinging Targon's way, so they're, they're and this is, uh, Russ said it on commentary as well, this is the second match. This is only the second match that Tuggerong have gone ahead first. And that was also against Monaro last time when they had that 2-2 draw. So I, I tried to keep an eye on all the matches uh, as they were happening. And from what I saw, Tuggerong looked really good in the first half. But like you mentioned, once that second, once that red card came, it only seemed like there was going to be one outcome. Monaro uh, pounced and took a grip on that matchup and nice little... Uh, dink there over the top from Dominici and like you mentioned big win for them is it like two points now off the top four something like that for Monaro so they're they're getting close to their objective and unfortunately the gap just even though it was only by one point it grew with Belko's draw but the gap grows uh, long um, bigger for Tuggies but if they got if they got the victory like they were in the lead and they didn't get the red card then then it would have only been five point uh five probably would have been less than five points it would have only been uh, four points of difference. So yeah. unfortunately for them, it's, it wasn't meant to be, but it will come like with the Tuggies women's, like we're going to mention soon, that victory will come for Tuggies uh, men's. All right. Next up, we've got Tigers FC with a solid home victory over West Canberra Wanderers one nil new signing Nico Oida scoring for the Tigers. Vital, vital win for the Tigers as it puts them only one point off Canberra Croatia, like we mentioned in the Canberra Croatia matchup. Good, to, like I mentioned before, good to see uh, new signing Nico Oida making the score sheet. We mentioned how good a sign he was last week on the show. We all know his quality returning from MacArthur Bulls in the uh, MPL uh, New South Wales. Uh, last year, let's not forget uh, both Frank and uh, Frank Kasia and Russ Gibbs both said he was one of, if not the best player in MPL one in 2020. They said that on the pod last year. So, and in terms of Tigers, let's not forget, I think this is the first show, Michael, we've had since the FA Cup draw was announced. 
and they did pick up Apia Leichhardt. So I'll get your thoughts on that very quickly in the M- New South Wales draw uh, so zone of the MFA Cup. But uh, on to West Canberra. Hey, look, a tough away trip to Cooma at Nigel. We all know the pitches and great wins. It's mentioned every mm-hmm. show. But West Canberra, of course, coming off that terrific victory over Tuggies where they went down to 10 men. They put in a solid uh, fighting performance here, though. And what's imp- what I think is impressive from West Canberra is Every time it seems like they're in a bit of a, a little bit of a rut, and that's probably a tough word to use for a rut because they just didn't get a few results their way. But your sister Silver always finds a way to prepare the team, turn the tide, and and uh, there you go. They're back. Uh, they're back in it. They didn't get the victory here, but they put in a good performance against a team which is only one point off the top now, and West Canberra is still in third place and their momentum will still be swinging from last week. So there's no shame in losing the Tigers like that. Uh, Michael, um, thoughts on this match quickly. And if you want to comment on the draw that Tigers got in the round of 32, the FA Cup playing Apia Leichhardt, the battle of the Tigers, both Tigers teams. That's right. Um, I think firstly, in terms of the match, uh, I think it was important to note how big uh, Jacob Cole ended up um providing uh to be for this uh tigers team in getting the win obviously west canberra were awarded a penalty um at the very end of that game and um you could see between the teams there was a lot of sort of trash talking going on um before and then after the penalty was saved by cole um so um a little bit of animosity there between the teams but i mean that's just standard sort of just Heat of the moment, um, you know, bickering back and forth during the game, but it's all settled at, at full time. But um, you know, Jacob Cole showed his quality again as one of the best keepers in, in this competition, and why he's been around for so long. Um, a fantastic save uh, for, from the spot uh, by him, and obviously it, it proved um, to be such an important um, piece of play in the context of their season because now they get the three points and they're only. Um, you know, they're only uh, one point, yeah, one point off uh, Canberra, Croatia. So they can go um, into first place, like you mentioned, Matt. So that play itself uh, at the very end of that contest proved to be huge in the context of uh, Tigers' season now to um, finally get themselves uh, top of the ladder because we've had Canberra, Croatia up leading the pack for uh, quite a number of weeks now. So um, you can expect that uh, to change, granted that, Tigers do get the victory over Gung Island in their catch-up match. And in the FFA Cup, it's going to be a cracking game. Uh, RPL Leichhardt, obviously a very um, great team uh, there in Sydney. Um, they have a great sort of historical uh, background uh, as well, um, playing in New South Wales there. So I, I believe it's going to be um, a great uh, match-up. Obviously, we, we, we're always excited to see who... Um, Canberra, um, well, I mean more, which team is going to represent Canberra and who they're going to end up playing against. And, um, you know, we always enjoy it, even though it's not an A-League side, you know, there's always those clubs that have been around uh, Australia for a very long time with a rich history. And RPL Leichhardt is exactly that. They've been around for a very long time. They have a a great culture. Um, You you hear about it, it as well. So, uh, it'll be a fantastic game, uh, I believe. 
And I forgot to mention, they did draw them at home. So Tigers will play at home in Canberra. I, I'm assuming it's going to be Deakin Stadium. I could be wrong. Yeah, there, but I think it will be at, at Deakin Stadium. What I'm intrigued to see is what's going to happen. I know it's going to be next month, but what's going to happen in terms, because they just announced the lockdown is going to stay in Sydney. So they're yep. going to be able to travel here. So I don't, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in that regard. I'm, I'm assuming they're going to wait till the last moment possible, probably in the end of the yeah. month if possible. So um, let's wait and see what happens in that one. But let's hope the match goes underway because both the Tigers facing each other, like you mentioned, historical uh, the club Arpia is and Tigers are in good form at the moment and they've, uh, you know, they've got a stacked team. So let's see what happens. Um, and I'm sure Canberra will do, uh, sorry, I'm sure Tigers will do Canberra proud. All right, Michael, let's get into the predictions for round 14. Belcon United, West Canberra Wanderers, Saturday, July 17th, 3 p.m. at McKellar Park. I'm going to say... I think this will be closer than people think, but I'm going to say West Canberra. It just seems like their momentum is starting to sway again in their way. They had a good performance against Tigers. And yeah, I just think they have more momentum heading into this one than Bill Conan. So solely on that, I'm going to say West Canberra. Are you, Michael? Uh, I mean, just for the sake of being different, I'm going to go for a Bill Conan United win. It's been a while since they've picked up a victory, like we've mentioned, Matt. Um, you know, they, they put in a decent performance against a good team in Gungahlin. Um, they've got great attacking talent. They just need to be able to find a way to sort of merge that all together and turn that into uh, victories uh, at, at this moment of time, especially if they want to consider themselves a top four contender. And there's no better place to do that than being on your home soil at McKellar Park. So this could prove to be a very big game in Belconnen's season. So I think that the occasion alone will hopefully see them uh, prevail. It will certainly be a Close matchup, like I yeah. mentioned there. It's going to be, this will be one to watch 100%. Then we next up, we've got Manara, uh, the, as Russ likes to dub, the Battle of the Big Cats replay of the mm-hmm. FA Cup qualifying final. Manara Panthers versus Tigers FC, Saturday, July 17th, 5.30 p.m. at Riverside Stadium. This is going to be just as feisty, just as close as the, um, just as feisty as that final. I'm going to say Tigers, but there's not going to be a lot in this one. It's not going to be the sort of scoreline that we saw at in that final. Mm. Yeah, I just think Tigers just have that, just that extra bit of quality. But I wouldn't be surprised if Minara can pull something off here. But I'm going to stick with my gut instinct to go with Tigers. How about you, Michael? Yeah, I'm in agreement with you there, Matt. I'm going to go for a Tigers win. Although Minara managed to get that important victory against Tigerong United. Um, I expect, you know, there's not a team in form like Tigers right now. And I expect them to carry that over into Riverside Stadium. Next up, we've got Canberra, Croatia, Gungali United Sunday, July 18th, 3 p.m. at Deakin Stadium. I was going to say a draw with this one here, considering how close it is usually between these two teams. But every time I say a draw, I always get it wrong. So I'm going to go for Croatia victory here, only just... They're going to be raring to go after last week. I'll be shocked if they're not raring to go. Um, but Gungali United, they proved in the matchup against Canberra Croatia. It was a very close one. So I'm going to go with uh, Croatia here. But this this is another one that could swing anyway. Yeah, I agree. Uh, uh, I'm expecting a Canberra Croatia bounce back, Matt. So I'm going to go um, with Canberra Croatia in this one as well. Um, I think the humiliation they 
endured uh, in, in that match against Cameron Croatia will really fire them up uh, for this next game. So I'm going to go for Cameron Croatia. Next up, Tuggeren United, Canberra Olympics, Sunday, July 18th, 3 p.m. at Canberra, 201. Like after Canberra Olympics victory, I was going to say Canberra Olympic, but I'm going to go through a draw on this one. Based solely on the way the Tuggeron United match played out. And the, these matches are always, I know I, I, I said this last, the last couple of matches, but the last Tuggeron United Canberra Olympic match, I remember being very, very close. I think it was a draw, if I'm not mistaken. And it's at Canberra, hometown advantage. I just think I'm going to go through draw on this one. I think Tuggies United, the way it played out, they they would have been like, geez, we were so close to getting that victory, that first victory. And they're going to they're gonna pull out that fighting spirit and get a draw against a very in-form Canberra Olympic matchup. So maybe that's an upset, but if so, that's my upset of the round. How about you, Michael? Yeah, I'm going to go with Canberra Olympic in this one, Matt. Um, they're riding an absolute high off that result against Canberra, Croatia. Uh, and I expect them to carry that form over into this game against the Tuggeranong team that's notably struggled all season long to get a three points that they so desperately crave. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. MPLW here. Uh, as uh, becoming a regular guest on the show, happy to have him back. Matty Moore, how's it going, mate? Evening, gents. Yeah, good to be back. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Look, I'm... I'm doing well. Euro's done. Copper's done. My sleep patterns will start to adjust back to <laughs> the normality and and uh, hopefully the world will continue to be a happy place. So, yeah, I'm doing great. Uh, look, that's great to hear and I'm sure it certainly will be. Now, let's get straight into the action. Quite a few interesting results over the weekend. Let's start with the only Saturday match we had, though. Volcano United 9, Tuggeron United 1, Ewan Backhouse with two goals, Carnegie with a hat-trick, Bomford with a goal, Michaela Thornton with a goal, and Hewan with an own goal in the 87th minute. And for Tuggeron United, Daisley scored their goal. Good bounce-back victory for Belcon United after last week's defeat to Canberra, Croatia. Got quite a few goals on the board, uh, which, like we mentioned, is good for their goal difference um, against Canberra, Croatia. Good to see fullback Leah Carnegie get a hat-trick and uh, they were actually her first goals of the season, so credit to her. Pick of the bunch, in my opinion, was Talia Backhouse's second goal, which was a cracking shot from the edge of the box that went over the keeper. Another hard-fought hard performance by Tuggies. Once again, they were up against it considering their keeper wasn't their regular keeper. It was an outfield player. Um, like I mentioned, it was... Uh, it's hard to back up for Tuggerong, especially after that hard, you know, that heartbreaking loss last week to West Canberra when they were so close to getting that victory. And they were probably, and they had, they had the performance to back it up, especially last week. So it's always hard to bounce back and especially, you know, having to be up against it with your regular keeper not being there. So Maddie, what'd you think about this one? Yeah, it was a bit, of, a bit of a perfect storm, unfortunately, for, for Tuggies. You know, they had two epic weeks and, and the heartbreak of last week, plus, you know, not having Sophie Rolfe available this week, plus a Belconnen team out to make amends and, and be pretty, yeah. well, let's be honest, brutal. Um, yeah, I forgot to mention that. Belconnen were going to be a steam train today always. So. Yeah, and you could, you'd imagine they were fired up and ready to go because they would have been highly disappointed last week. and. And it, it was probably a little bit of a, 
it's probably two steps forward, one step back for Tuggeron in, in this aspect this week. Um, I think it doesn't necessarily take away from what they've done in the last in the last few weeks, but no, any any team that doesn't have their keepers going to um, yeah. you know, struggle. It's, it's as simple as that. But Belconnen looked um, looked slick, and they certainly piled on the goals. You're right about Backhouse. You know that second goal was 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 a cracker and. And that's something that they've probably been lacking the last couple of weeks from from Backhouse in particular. She's she's missed quite a few headed opportunities from set pieces. And and Carnegie, you know, one of those players that's been sort of a bit of a yo-yo first grade player for the last few years. And she's really established herself there. And for her to pick up a hat trick is is key. I think the fact that Bill Connor didn't have to rely on Michaela Thornton as much this week would be a would be a pleasing sign for them because the theme at the moment has been if you take away Thornton, you take away Bill Conan. So it's really important for uh, Bill Conan in this next little period to ensure that their patterns of play are, are working, um, but also that it's less reliant on on Thornton. And the lack of turnovers was really evident um, from Bill Conan on Saturday. They were a turnover machine last week. Um, and this week they uh, managed to treat the ball with a bit more care and a bit more possession. And, and that seems to have set them up nicely and, and you would think for them, everything now um, is about one before they meet Canberra, Croatia again, is racking up the goals to get that goal differences, as you mentioned, Matt, but also putting those plans into place as to how they're going to beat Canberra, Croatia. And I think that should be their focus for the next little bit is however they're going to beat Canberra, Croatia. That's how they have to go out and beat everybody else at the moment while racking up the goals at the at the same time. And, and there'll be a little bit of nervousness there around the amount of players sitting on yellow cards as well for them. Um, so that's something we'll have to watch or, or tactically get a yellow card here or there before the final series creeps up on them. But uh, overall solid performance from Belconnen and, and Tuggerong, I think the emotion of the last two weeks, you, you, you know, you sort of look at that and you, you cop it on the chin and you kind of throw it away um, and start again because they have made massive, massive progress in, in the last few weeks and, and Paolo Romero need in particular needs to be really commended for, for the work he's done in that space. Yeah. And like we've said on the last couple of weeks, we're not just saying it because like we pity Tuggeronong or anything like that. We like, we genuinely no. believe it's, it's going to come. Like we've, I've been impressed by their performances, like especially against the West Canberra one, it, it is going to come. So it's a shame for them, but they keep moving forward. And I think if anything, do you think, this will quickly, Matt, Matty, do you think this will make them stronger? Do you think this will toughen the character the last couple of weeks, considering they've played really well, but just they just haven't had that luck? I think I think for them what it what it kind of does is it sort of solidifies where they're where they're at from a competitive point of view. Okay, so maybe Bill Conan and, and Canberra Croatia is a bridge too far for them at the moment. But what they did the week before against West Canberra Wanderers, um, means that they can probably compete with the rest of the competition. So if you Paolo Romero and the team, all right, yep, they're the, they're the top two and and maybe we're not there yet, but we've proven in the last couple of weeks that we can match it with the rest. So let's build off that and run and see what kind of chaos we can make at the back end of the year for other teams because they've, they've certainly in a great position to just blow the whole competition up um, given given the final round that's that's coming up. Yeah, and quickly a note on that goal difference. Belconnen United are still nine points behind. Sorry, nine. Yeah, nine points behind uh, Canberra Croatia on goal difference. And I didn't mean to say points, but you know, you know what I mean. They're nine behind <laughs> on goal difference. I should have said. All right, uh, Michael, what's our next matchup? 
Yeah, so our next matchup was uh, a fantastic win for West Canberra Wanderers again, uh, up against uh, Gungahlin United, uh, getting the 2-1 victory. Uh, Chavera uh, grabbing a double uh, in the first half uh, before Gungahlin United pegged one back uh, in the second period through Brown in the 75th minute. Um, obviously, like I mentioned uh, just there, boys, uh, another win for West Canberra. Uh, Wanderers, um, they continue their scintillating form uh, this season. It's their fourth win uh, in a row. So massive uh, congratulations to West Canberra, who are in a great bit of form and the best form that they've uh, displayed all season. Uh, and it also boosts them into third place uh, in the table as well, which I think is important to note. Uh, three points ahead of uh, Olympic and four uh, points ahead of Gungahlin and Canberra United. Uh, academy uh, there was a disallowed goal uh, for, for Michelle Heyman which is uh, unfortunate for the Gunners uh, but Brown uh, scored obviously um, to get the comeback sort of going in the last 15 minutes to make it you know a little bit nervy and uneasy for West Canberra but um, you know West Canberra uh, they managed to stay headstrong and, and, and see the game out and that's what they've been able to do um, over the last you know four games uh, and that's why they're in such great form at the moment. They're proving to be a very difficult side to break down and beat. So um, it's another three points for them. They're in the top three. Um, you know, even though they're not quite at the, uh, you know, points in terms of uh, Canberra, Croatia and Belcon United, um, they should solely focus on how well they've managed to do over the last month um, in terms of what they've been able to do on the football pitch. So uh, congrats to them. Uh, Maddie, what did you make of this one? Because it's another, it's another W uh, for for West Canberra Wanderers, but it's, you know, it's an Gungahlin United suffered yet an, another loss in a game where, um, they're up against high quality opposition and they've managed to come up short. Yeah, look, tell you what, boys, did not see this coming this week, and and the tale of these two clubs at the moment is kind of the opposite of what I would have expected. I would have thought Gungahlin would be sitting in third and flying high and, and the addition of Heyman would be really pushing them towards that top two. And uh, West Canberra, with the upheaval that they've had in the last sort of month or so, I thought that might be the catalyst for them to drop away. But that group is obviously really tight and they've continued to, to drive and accelerate on, on the back of a really strong first part of the season. And, and full credit to, to that playing group for for getting the victory here. They have been really hard to break down and, and Gungahlin for all the possession that they had um, yesterday, they really struggled to, to make as many openings as you would expect from a roster with that sort of talent. And they, they really didn't quite execute. And it's been a little bit of a theme for them uh, probably the last three or four weeks where the, the, the patterns of play have been a little bit predictable and the smaller grounds for them, like West Canberra, they're a nightmare at Melrose. They just play that tiny pitch so well and it feeds into their defensive structure perfectly. And then they're able to release people like Alex McKenzie um, to, to drive their counter-attacks and get the ball down the other end. I mean, she was she was key for, for both goals, even though she didn't she didn't score them. And the addition of Tara Cannon um, can only help them there as well in terms of a distribution and, and being able to turn teams around. But... Um, yeah, the one of those. It's almost like a bit of a Mourinho. You know, you, you sit back and you and you let the other team go, and then you you punch them in the mouth as quick as you can, going the other way. And 
have full credit to them. They, they executed it really, really well. And the, the mental strength and comprehension to be able to do that for that length of, of time and also not lose their nerve when Brown got that goal in the 75th minute, um, that could have been the catalyst to bring it all all undone. But I, I guess we're seeing this week and, and last week against Tuggeron as well, that there's a bit of mental mental strength in that in that unit. And um, I'll be really interested to see what happens with them as they go through and play your Belconnens and your Canberra Croatias as they come up just to get a really good indication of of how difficult it's going to be and how and what sort of problems that they can cause in finals. Because at the moment, there is uh, close to a shoeing for, for third as, as anybody. And, you know, on the other side, if you're going Garland, you're you're starting to pull your hair out a little bit, which I don't recommend because Diego's got a good head of hair. So, <laughs> you know, he he'll be he'll be scratching him and Alan Merrin there. He'll be, be trying to work it out. And there's there's some key personnel that that just seems slightly off, and the, the, there's something to do with that connection. And I think the last time I was on, we spoke about how the rotation that we've seen from Gungalan for the last two or three years, where we'd have players filling in at you know, starting at a centre forward and ending up in a in a holding midfield role and just that natural rotation is not there anymore. And whether that's that's by design or circumstance, I'm not too sure. But um, the the predictability and their and their efforts going forward, but also the the concern through the the central defensive areas for them is starting to to become a real issue. And you know, to be brutally honest, I'm I. It'd be a surprise for me now if they if they crack the top four before the end of the year. It, it, it really would the way that they're going at the moment, and that's not something I thought I'd be be saying. Even you know that is sort of surprising to hear, and I think it's sort of really good that you mentioned because it's something that I was just thinking about as as you were talking, Maddie, about um, this Gungahlin United outfit. The last two to three years, they've had like a real free-flowing sort of presence about them in terms of how they knock the ball around the pitch, multiple players playing in different positions. And they had this identity that, you know, they're, they're a team that can hold the ball, keep possession, and they've got great talent everywhere. But it seems as though this season, they just haven't been able to, you know, put the pieces um, t- together. And, it, you know, we, we were all highly, um, you know, we, we all put the Michelle Heyman move at such a high um, standard because obviously she's a quality player, but I think maybe there, there were thoughts around, you know, the problems that they, that they were going for, that they were going through, sorry, before that announcement that this signing was just going to sort of pepper over some cracks, but it, it really hasn't proved uh, to be the case. So their top four status really is uh, in jeopardy, like, like you mentioned, and there's not that many games uh, left where they can say, oh, well, we didn't win this one, but we'll have next week and we can get three points back. I mean, Matt, um, what, what do you reckon um, in terms of where Gungahlin are at, are at at the moment? Because it seems that the sole signing of Michelle Heyman, um, whilst it's great for them um, in the attacking sense and you've got a goal scorer there, um, they just haven't been able to gel as, as well as we thought uh, they would this season. Yeah, look, and like I'm sure you mentioned, there's the three. They're what three points off the top four now, so it's not they're not that far off. But I, I think Maddie mostly touched it on the head when it comes to uh, Gungahlin United. I guess just the question I would ask back to you guys before we move on is: Is it just a matter of the competition being stronger 
compared to last season in terms of Gungahlin United? Yeah, that, that's, that's my counter question, I guess. Yeah, good, good counter. Um, <laughs> I, I think, look, there's, there's definitely evidence to suggest that the, the competition's stronger and that, and that the coaching that's been put in for, through the likes of, of West Canberra and, and Canberra Olympic in particular, who were in and around about last year, I think they made top four. It, it's been far more competitive. Um, but there, there is something missing from, from Gungahl. And, and I think when the Michelle Hayman announcement came and, and I was one of the first ones who was like, oh, that's it, you know, they're, they're, they're running through the grand final. And, and when I sit here and I think about it now, I think I put Michelle Hayman in the team that I saw from Gungahl for the last two years. And I didn't think about Michelle Hayman going into this group. And it didn't have to be Michelle Hayman, right? Like it yeah. could have been, you know, it could have been any uh, Matilda's quality player. Um, and I think you're right, Michael. We we sort of thought Michelle would would come in, and it's one of two things: she come in and, and fix all the problems, or people were like me and they inserted Michelle Heyman into the Gungarland that they knew, not the Gungarland that we're currently seeing. Um, and, and the fact of the matter is, their their defensive structures aren't what they were. Their their ball rotation isn't the same thing, and and they're not asking the same the same questions. And yeah, they're only they're only three points off. Yep, you're 100 percent right. So. It's not a lost cause, but we keep waiting for them to fire and to trigger. And every time we see a little bit of something and we go, okay, they're getting closer. I think back to the game we did at the AIS, Matt, where, you know, they came so close to pinching a point, almost winning. And then Michaela Thornton, you know, does her thing. And and we're like, well, you know, that's got to be it. And we keep saying that's got to be it. And we're not, we're not in a long season anymore. We're in a sprint to the, to the end of the season. Um, and they're, like Mike said, they're, they're running out of time. And, and I'm not sure that I've got the faith for them to take the points off the people around them to, to sneak in at the moment. All right. And our next matchup is Canberra Croatia 8, Wagga City Wanderers 0, Palombi 5 goals, Sharon Chow with a goal, Berkeley with a goal, Fogarty with a goal. Dominating performance from Canberra Croatia away from home against Wagga. Let's not forget this was a matchup that in the Riverina, Canberra Croatia found difficult uh, last year when they traveled there. This season, though, safe to say that the Iranian champions are on another level than what they were last year. Five star performance from uh, Brittany Palombi with those five goals. What more is there left to say about that? Um, yeah, Maddie. Uh, like not the best day at the office for Wagga City Wanderers, but like I mentioned, to be fair, Canberra Croatia, bit of a steam train at the moment, especially with what they did against Belconnen United last week. What do you think about this one? Well, the, the big red machine just keeps on turning, doesn't it? Like it's a bit of a beast at the moment. And and you're right, after what was probably their best performance of the year last week, they, yeah. they've carried oh, it over. Yeah. They've carried it over here, and it's almost like. Britt Prolombi was just kind of toying with everybody in the goal scorers race and decided she had enough and was going to open up a, a big mm-hmm. fat gap there. So, um, look, they'll be stoked with that because they did have so they did have issues last year when they went down there. It, it was tight, and Wagga have been getting better and better, and we know they're incorporating some some new players. But the fact that Canberra Croatia were able to to turn it on and and give give a rest to some players as well. Like, you know, Fensum came off at halftime, you know, Fogarty came off and, and Gill came off at sort of 65, 77 minute mark. So they're not running them into the ground either. And, you know, you get a bit of, 
you know, when was the last time Alice Churchill started on the bench in, in her 200 games? You know, like they're, they're able to rotate through there. Um, you know, it, it's it's really interesting. And and Nick Brosnich um, seems like he's got the team on the on the right trajectory. And and you hope for for his sake that they're not peaking a little too early. Um, but they certainly look like that the form's there. And and you know, rough day for for Wagga City, but. As we saw with with Tuggerong United as well, there's there's a slightly different level with those with those top two to the others, and um, I still think that that they've got some some good football to come in them uh, to come from them uh, as well. But yeah, the key thing for Nick Brosnich would, you know, well, if you build Conan, hey, you, you go away and you rack up eight goals trying to close the goal difference, and Canberra Crazy walk out and you know smack eight of their own so you've made no indent whatsoever so that's got to be <laughs> frustrating from their point of view as well last matchup uh was canberra united academy getting a big win uh, against canberra olympic three goals to two uh, we had grove hunt and perry all score in the first half for canberra united academy it looked cruisy uh, but then olympic obviously bit back uh, with two goals of their own in the second half uh, with Vanderbrook and Sykes getting on the score sheet within six minutes of each other in the second half there to really post some concern. But uh, Canberra United Academy managed to hold on. Um, you know, the, the match started similar to uh, the game against Canberra Croatia where they came out the blocks sort of raring to go and they, and they scored three goals. Uh, coincidentally, that is also the last time uh, CUA um, have won a match before this outing. Um, you know, they, they took advantage of some keeper mistakes, um, but they did a lot of work to sort of press uh, the Olympic def- uh, defence in those positions. And, you know, th- this win puts them uh, back into the top four uh, in fourth uh, above Olympic. So it was really um, an important game in the story surrounding the, the top four. And we, you know how we just talked about Gungahlin United before, uh, th- this match uh, right here, you know, it, pivotal uh, to the top four race. And it was Canberra United uh, Academy who obviously uh, came out on top. You know, Olympic will be disappointed that they were down 3-0 in the first half um, because of the second half performance that they were that they managed to put forward uh, to get themselves right back into the game. Um, you know, they fought hard in that second half. Uh, and they nearly got level pegging uh, as well. But unfortunately uh, for Nicole Begg's team, uh, it just wasn't enough. And it, and it kicked them out of the top four and Canberra United Academy went into the top four. So uh, not not a good week uh, for Canberra Olympic, but obviously they're still right there. You, ca- you can't write them off. They've had a bit of a roller coaster season in terms of uh, result. The results, sorry, they've put forward some, obviously some great displays. Uh, but also not so great displays uh, as well. But you can definitely expect them to keep fighting uh, to secure a, a top four position. Uh, Maddie, what did you make of this result? Because like I mentioned, it was, um, you know, a massive game in, in terms of teams that are vying to get a top four position. And it's a massive win for uh, the the academy. Yeah, it absolutely is. And, and uh Became so much more vital following the West Canberra victory as well that they, I think they would have ended up four points out of the four, and that's a long way back for those kids. But geez, this was a this was a weird game. Um, 
you know, the Academy of Right came out firing. It looked like Olympic had been on the Barty party following Wimbledon the night before. They just, they were not, they were not there in the first half. Um, and I'd never seen Olympic like that before. Um, and for a team that's really started to embrace the personality of their coach in Nicole Begg, who was always 100% and you give everything all the time, that was, that was really surprising. And, um, the Academy will be happy in particular that Anna Hunt got on the score sheet. She hadn't scored for a month before then. She'd gone missing a little bit, though um, did appear to pick up a bit of a wrist injury, which which you hope's not not too serious. But but Sasha Grove in the middle in that of that first half really drove the um, the Academy around, like her her energy and, and her ability to press and uh, press high up the park while also covering was was vital. And and you mentioned the unfortunate errors from from Haynes there at the back and you know it's it's twofold there like and Jeremy and I were were talking about it off air yesterday that you know that's the hazards of being a keeper a striker makes two mistakes and everybody forgets about it and you know the keeper makes two and the world comes to an end but there was a couple of key issues where the ball was turned over in really bad areas I think in particular the the second goal where um the Olympic midfielder just almost essentially played it to nobody and and that put them under immense pressure. And, and as much as people might point the, the finger at Paul Haynes, there was also no Olympic defenders running in and chasing that to, to make sure that if anything was spilt, they were in a position to, to clear it. And, you know, things that we've spoken about with Gungarland before. So if you're not in the vicinity to, to help the keeper out, then, then there's only going to be one outcome. And, you know, she got subbed in, and, and Summers came in and, and, and did a fine job, um, you know, had her own shaky moments at the, at the same time. But uh, it looked like we were in for another six or seven nil kind of scoreline. And, and I don't know what Nicole Begg did at halftime, but I hope she can remember and she does it from <laughs> a dozen in her pre-match talk yeah. next week because this was a different team. And, and part of that may have been that Sasha Grove moved higher up the park. So there wasn't quite as much um, dynamic sort of movement through, through the middle. But um, if you, if anybody ever needed any more evidence on how dominating Ash Sykes can be, they just need to go back and watch that half of football. Cause within the first two minutes, she had created at least one quality opportunity that unfortunately um, Banda Brush had, had overcommitted. So she wasn't there for the cutback and, and those are the sort of, and there was another one later on in the second half, but they're the sort of things that, that really came back to, to haunt them that they gave somebody a three nil head start and they almost ran them down. And, and you could argue maybe they should have. Um, but if you're going to give anyone a three nil head start, you, you're asking a, a lot of everyone and, looks like Olympics depth is going to be tested a little bit now too. We had Jordan Oida come off. We had Rachel Hardwick come off. Um, we had Tiana Miro was carrying some strapping in there and I'm not sure how long the likes of, of Garriok um, being in isolation lasts for, but that'll test them a little bit, though they will be thrilled that Ella Hemmings came back and, you know, she, she came on with about 15 minutes to go and, uh, and did exactly what you needed to do, you know, really settled everything down and, and made no mistakes and she's a quality little kid. But, um, yeah, if, you, if you're Olympic, you're, you're a little bit nervous because you, you've, you've missed an opportunity to put a gap between yourself, Gungahlin, and, and CUA and, and they really would have been looking to do that. So three points lost there keep, keeps them in the, in the dogfight. And, and although I've said I don't think Gungahlin will do it, it, it keeps it ajar for... For them as well, and and CUA, do they do they you know drive on from here? Given they've had a pretty rough month, um, be interesting to see what the kids do. 
selected in round 14. But first, let's start with the first matchup of the of the round, the only Saturday matchup. We've got West Canberra Wanderers against Belconnie United, Saturday, July 17th, 12.45 at Melrose Synthetic. Interesting thing about this one is West Canberra Wanderers is the also the only team to have dro- taken points off Belconnie United that aren't Canberra Croatia. So there is some momentum going West Canberra Wanderers way in terms of the head-to-head this season. This is going to be a very close one. I'm going to say Belco, but if West Canberra can get another result here, like you mentioned, they, they should they should be a shoo-in for the top four if they can keep that up. Uh, Michael? I'm going to go for a West Canberra Wanderers win, actually. Um, you know, I think it's important to recognise the current vein of form that they're in. Uh, at this moment in time, four wins uh, on the bounce. And, I mean, you can't ask for much more than that heading into a big game against a perennial uh, contender in Elkhorn United. Um, they, you know, they're playing with confidence. They're picking up results. Um, they're getting that feeling of what it is to, you know, play in 90 minutes, grind out a game and, and, and get the three points, which is the most important aspect of the match. So, on on... Those aspects alone, I, I, I'm going to go for a West Canberra Wanderers win here. Maddie, I think it'll be a, I think it'll be a draw, and I know West Canberra came super close to knocking him off at, at McKellar, but I, I think the the Melrose synthetic pitch plays the size of that plays right into into West Canberra's hands, and um, although you know Bill Connor racked up a, a heap of goals uh, this week, I, I can't see him easily breaking that to defense down and and whether they can handle the transition the other way if Cannon can release you know people like McKenzie early that's going to be a, a real danger spot so yeah one one draw for me and there we go we all had a different uh, pick good way to start the predictions this week Canberra Olympic against Tuggeran United next up Sunday July 18th 2 15 p.m at O'Connor enclosed this is a tough one because I do think it's going to happen soon for Tuggeran United, unfortunately for them, they're coming out. I know there is a few injuries for Olympic, but Ash Sykes, um, as we all know, uh, when she has, you know, gone a couple of matches where she hasn't scored more than one, she usually um, is raring to go. So I'm going to say Olympic victory, but it's not going to be by a massive margin like people think. Michael? Yeah, I'm in agreement there, Matt. Um, I'm going for a Canberra Olympic win. Uh, They'll take a lot out of that second half performance against the CUA. Um, and like Maddie uh, mentioned before about, you know, Nicole Begg needing to use that halftime team talk for the start of uh, this game uh, will definitely uh, be important. And it's something that they need to need to do. They can't afford to obviously just play bad one half and play good the next. That's not how you play and it's not how you get results. Um, so I'm, I'm expecting them to bounce back and put in a much more complete uh, performance. Matty? Yeah, I, I think it'll be an Olympic win. Uh, I think it'll be tight as well. It's only going to be sort of, you know, maybe 2-0 or 3-1 or something. I just think the importance of the of the match to Olympic and, and what it means to their season going forward um, just means that they, they'll be a bit more switched on and, and ready to go. And, you know, if Courtney, Courtney Hiles is back next week as well, her and Cook in the central defence will, will open things up. And, yeah, I'm just not sure Condon and, and Coates can handle Sykes for, for that whole 90-minute period. So, yeah, Olympic for me. 
Next up, Gungala United, Canberra Croatia, Sunday, July 18th, 3 p.m. at Gungala in close. It's usually always a pretty good matchup. It's hard to not see a Canberra Croatia victory at the moment. They're just an absolute steam bullet train at the moment. So I'm going to go with Canberra Croatia. Michael? Yeah, I'm going to go for Canberra Croatia as well. Um, but I would like to just mention that what a game this could be for Gungahlin United if they were yeah. to just, you know, turn things around at this point. Given the context of their season so far, what we've mentioned, um, how they've sort of struggled in different areas, how they're struggling to impose uh, themselves in games, not exactly sort of figuring out exactly, you know, their, their style and, you know, really sort of honing down on a, on a style of play. I mean, if they were to come out at home against a Canberra Croatia team, you know, with the likes of a Michelle Heyman, you know, with your home crowd behind you to really sort of get you with important three points um, to get you back in that top four conversation. Because I guarantee you, if Gungahlin United were to win this game, we'd be switching that all that we just mentioned before. So I do think Canberra Croatia uh, will, will get a win, but I just want to stress the importance of how Gungahlin need to approach this game because for them, it could be like an early final, uh, to be honest, uh, if they look at it in, in that sense of where they're at at the table. And if they, you know, lose this weekend uh, and, you know, the, the likes of Canberra Olympic win and even West Canberra Wanderers uh, get a result uh, against Belconnet, it just puts them further behind. There's a lot of pressure on uh, Gungahlin. So we could see them thrive uh, or, or crumble in, in that environment. Uh, but I'm going to go for Canberra, uh, Croatia. But it should be a, a really good game. Matty? Yeah, you make a really good point, Michael. Like, if they can they can pull a victory out here, you know, that that catalyst, that that turning point that we've been waiting for, um, you can't get a bigger one than that against, you know, the, the best team by a long way in, in the competition. And, yeah, and you mentioned if they don't, that gap potentially gets big and... and yeah, that, that make and break aspect is probably never more true than it is for, for this match here. And, and unfortunately for, for my Gungahl and friends, I think it's break for them. I, I can't I can't see how they break down Canberra, Croatia effectively um, to get enough goals because I can't see Canberra, Croatia not scoring. Um, but I just can't see Gungahl and getting enough goals. Like they're, they're going to need, I think they'll need three to, to win. And I just, not sure how they they create those three goals um, at the moment, and it and it hurts me to say because there's some quality people involved in that in that setup. But yeah, un, unfortunately, I think it's Canberra Croatia for me as well. All right, and last up, we were Canberra United Academy, Wagga City Wanderers, Sunday, July 18th, 3 p.m. at Hawker Football Centre. We mentioned we asked the question: Is this going to be the sort of catalyst for Canberra uh, United Academy moving forward after sort of a a bus sort of month for them. And then of course I'm getting a big victory over Canberra Olympic. Uh, I'm going to say a Canberra United Academy victory and let's see if this is the catalyst for them. Um, Michael. Yeah, I agree, Matt. Um, I'm going to go for a Canberra United Academy win. Um, you know, on the back of that fantastic win against Canberra Olympic, this is a real, really good chance for Canberra uh, United Academy to cement themselves at the top four. Um, side in this league and it's a chance for them to build some much needed 
uh, momentum, which they haven't really been able to gain a whole lot of throughout this season. So um, I'm going to go for a Canberra United Academy win. Matty? Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. It's, it's the academy for, for, for me. They solidify their top four spot and, you know, get back-to-back wins. And, we, and we've got a, a lot of young girls who are, you know, will be out to impress with, you know, national championship selection coming up as well. So they'll be they'll be really trying to make their their point to, to Vicky and and ensure that they don't forget uh, or she doesn't forget to, uh, to pick them. So, yeah, Canberra United Academy for me. Um, but yeah, it should be. I don't think it'll be quite the um, the event it was for for Wagga City against Canberra Croatia. I think it's probably going to be a little bit tighter than, than that. All right, awesome. Thank you very much, uh, Maddie. Pleasure having you on as always. Thank you. Thanks, Maddie. Thanks for having me, gents. Love it. All right, we're back with NPL two action over this past weekend. We'll kick things off with White Eagles getting an important. Uh, away victory in this one, Matt. 3-1 against uh, Wagga City Wanderers. We had uh, Suleiman uh, get on the score sheet for Wagga City. Uh, Ayul scored a double for White Eagles and McCarthy also on the score sheet for White Eagles. Uh, a great win on the road uh, for, for the away team. Uh, we've talked about sort of their struggles over recent um, times, especially maybe the last sort of month um, in terms of them getting results. Um, it's a big result for them to come away with Wagga with three points it's always and we always harp on the fact that it's always hard to go to Riverina and yeah you know to get yourself ready for yeah it really is and it's hard to sort of get yourself up and uh get go do the travel and play a game of football and, and get three points but that's what Eagles managed to do and they put in a great performance you know uh you know apparently they they pressed uh, quite a lot and created a boatload of chances uh from that and um, it's what they took advantage of as well. Um, you know, you had Ayul score, score a neat chip over the keeper to seal the win. Um, and there's an update on Ben Townsley, probably four to six weeks away uh, from reaching full match uh, fitness, which means it's obviously great news that it's not a major tear or anything like that. On the flip side of things, it's a tough loss for Wagga considering they won the previous fixture in the last round of the games. Uh, in this round of games, sorry, uh, this young team is still progressing. Uh, you'll see their talent, um, you know, shine more uh, come come the end of the season. But I mean, overall, it's a great win for White Eagles. Um, you know, who 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 have been struggling, uh, but this will boast well as they look to, you know, get um, top four status. Yeah, look, it's it certainly is a really good result. You mentioned how White uh, White Eagles needed this result. Uh, you mentioned how they're in the top four now. Also got a match in hand, which really helps them also. And I think it's important for them just to get that sort of consistency. They haven't had that since uh, the return of Graham Plath, partially due to their draw, partially due to the uh, just the way the uh, the the you know the, the performance has been for them at the moment. So let's see if this can be a catalyst for them moving forward in terms of getting that consistency, getting the the matches, um, you know, getting the wins here and there. And let's not forget, though, that their match in hand is against Queen City. And there could be some pressure on Queen City, like we meant, like, like we're going to mention later on with the uh, result that they got against O'Connor Knights. So let's wait and see in that regard. Um, yeah, look, in terms of Wagga, 
Uh, look, uh, they're going to fancy their chances against the Brindies, and the Brindies are going to fancy their chances against Wagga. So let's wait and see what happens there. Uh, Wagga did get a win against the Brindies, though, in the last one, like we're going to mention uh, very soon. So uh, it's not all make or break for Wagga City Wanderers, but very good win for the White Eagles. Next up, we have ANU 2, Western Malongolo 1, Calgary, sorry, Kagla and Carters with the goals and record with another goal for Western Malongolo. All right. It, it, it was a tough victory for ANU, though. I mean, uh, in terms of the scoreline, they, Western made it very hard for them to break down. They had an absolute resolute defense. Uh, in typical ANU fashion, they dominated the majority of the possession, but they were patient. They picked their, they picked their moments and they were able to pick the holes when they could find the spaces and the lapses in Western defense. ANU's first goal came from a ball over the top. Uh, Western thought it was offside though, but the linesman said that the ball was onside by at least half, half a meter. And the second ANU goal came from a header. So once again, a very important victory for ANU since O'Connor got a victory. We harp on that every week, Michael, but considering how close this race is between those two at the moment and with Queenbeyan City's loss, it, uh, unless they can get the victory against White Eagles in the um, backup and either of these uh, top two teams falter. It seems like it is going to be between those two at the moment. So it is very big. Uh, very good defensive performance, though, from Western. They put in the game plan. Their game plan nearly paid off. Uh, of course, narrowly losing to the um, to the uh, top of the table side. Angus record, like we mentioned, uh, scored a goal. It was a terrific volley as well. Uh, hopefully, I can get some footage of that soon. And uh, uh, that adds to his... Um, five goal tally for the season. Do you have any uh, thoughts on this one before we move on? Oh, look, just simple and plain. It's another win uh, for ANU. They just keep sort of marching forward, don't they, Matt? They've just proving to be the perennial side in, in MPL two. Obviously, there is the O'Connor Knights as well. Uh, but, you know, it just seems to be the constant narrative with ANU. They, they rock up to a game, they play and they win. So... Um, they, they can't ask for much more than that. And it's something that we should expect uh, to see to the end of the season. Uh, but moving on, uh, we had Brindabella Blues and Yulgali playing out a nil-nil draw. Uh, a little bit surprising, uh, nil-nil draws. Matt, I, I don't think we've come across too many Not, uh, this, oh, really? this season, just even across the three competitions. Um, I don't think there has been one in April two. I could be wrong, but I don't... I'm thinking, yeah, I like, don't quote me on it, but I do think that this might be the first nil-nil draw. In MPL 2. There definitely yeah. has been one in MPL... There definitely has been one in MPL 1. Yeah, uh, but MPL definitely two, in MPL 2. Well, keep keep uh, keep talking and I'll uh, yeah. find that actually on me. Okay. So, yeah, it was a good draw for, for Brindabella. Um, you know, I put some level on points with Western uh, Malongolo in sixth. Uh, you know, all their home matches will now be played at Melrose for the majority of the season, uh, which is, you know, good, good for them. Um, well, obviously not great with the sort of synthetic field, but, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's a decent enough surface to play on. Uh, you know, it's due to open parks pitch being uh, destroyed uh, due to the rain a couple of weeks ago, which is, you know, really unfortunate. Uh, but it was a heavy dose of rain that came through sort of the Canberra region. He was a strong defensive performance from the Brindies and they had their moments of possession and, and chances on goal, but they weren't able to obviously find the back of the net. Yulgali 
uh, now drop out of the top four by goal difference after White Eagles uh, claimed that victory against Wagga that we just talked about prior. So not a great result for Uwagali as it means uh, that they're going to have to fight their way back into the top four. You know, they came out in the beginning of the match uh, and kept us, and they stayed uh, defensively strong uh, throughout the contest. You know, they, they came out at the beginning of the match, um, looked good, created a few chances on goal. Their keeper made some key and fantastic saves, uh, as did the Brindy keeper in the other uh, end of the goal between the sticks. Um, so even all around, even... You know, even on the playing pitch and even in the scoreline at the end of the 90-minute conclusion. And it, I looked it up. That was the first ever zero or first nil-nil scoreline in the MPL to this season. Yeah, you, you mentioned pretty even game there. Ugalia will be a little disappointed because, of course, like you mentioned, White Eagles will go above them now. White, White Eagles still have that match in hand. But Ugalia, uh, I suggest check out my interview with uh, Luke Sant- Santolin on Facebook. He talks about how his side have gotten used to the fact that they're going to have less numbers when they travel this season uh, compared to they did last season. And they've sort of figured out the way that works best for them when they travel, because we've always talked about how they're strongest at home. So um, go have a check of that one. That should be interesting. Um, but for Brindies, is this the catalyst? Is this the catalyst draw for them moving forward? And let's not forget, they, do, they did get that victory midweek, in between that catch-up second half against Western Malongolo. So that's four points in the space, like two weeks, I think, for them now. So that's important for them as well. Heading into Wagga, like I said, both teams will fancy their chances for this victory. So uh, in terms of the Brindies, it sucks that they can't get their home ground anymore. But if Capital Football don't deem it a... Uh, if they don't deem it playable you know, a, qual- a playable pitch, it's not a playable pitch. That's the rules, but... For Brindies, it'll be interesting to see if this is the catalyst for them these last two weeks moving forward. All right, next up, we have the, safe to say, Michael, the big one. Yep. Uh, O'Connor Knights winning 2-0 over Queanbeyan City. Krezic and O'Rourke with the goals for O'Connor Knights. This one was on Bar TV Sport. Andy Bernal and Russ Gibbs are on this one. Very good crowd as well at High Street. It was pretty packed there. Um. Unfortunately for Queen City, though, this was O'Connor's day. It was O'Connor's performance. Very impressive performance by O'Connor. They took the game by the scruff of the neck. Uh, took two very well-worked goals. I definitely suggest you go back and watch those two goals on Bar TV. Great team goals. Uh, they were very solid defensively, like we've mentioned quite a few times. Or we're accustomed to seeing that from the Knights at the moment. Uh, there are a lot of great individual... like There are a lot of great performances by a lot of players in the Knights, but shout out to their midfield, O'Rourke. Uh, Roberts, uh, all those players in the midfield, they took the game by the scruff of the neck and they absolutely controlled the middle of the park, which you're not used to seeing uh, whenever Queen City come up a, uh, come up in a matchup, but it was O'Connor's day. Queen just didn't seem to click. Oh, and I forgot to mention O'Connor also did hit the woodwork twice or they had two uh, save goals twice as well in mm-hmm. the first half. Queenbian, it just didn't seem like they clicked going forward. They just weren't able to find that transition from defense to attack. That final ball, whether it was a cross or the through ball, or they put a through ball and Shields would run onto it, but immediately the keeper would sweep it up or the yeah. the, uh, the defender would uh, get into um, uh, sweep it up as well. Like I, I mentioned this last week, and I'm not trying to be tough on Queenbian, but Michael, do, 
is will this victory for O'Connor Knights will this put more pressure on Queemian City because they now have gotten four losses and both of those losses have come against the top two. So they have the they have the uh, the match in hand against uh, White Eagles. They're currently ten points behind. If they get the win, then it's seven points, and then they might hope that either ANU or O'Connor Knights, you know, one of them beat each other this weekend. Does it put a lot of pressure on you know Queanbeyan City heading into the White Eagles matchup? Ten points, they wouldn't they wouldn't have uh, predicted that at the start of the season. Yeah, absolutely. I think it does put a bit of pressure on them, Matt, most definitely. I think it's a good point to raise that Queanbeyan's four losses this season have obviously come twice against ANU and twice against the O'Connor Knights, who happen to be the two top teams at the moment. So, I mean, based on that alone, that automatically tells us that they are just not at the level of ANU and O'Connor. And obviously... Saying that means they're not going to get promotion to the MPL one. Um, you know, they seem to be absolutely, you know, absolute goal scoring machines against other opposition uh, in this league. We talk about, we've talked about it numerous times, the attacking talent they have. They probably have one of the best attacking talents um, in terms of their squad in the MPL two, in terms of they're able to get four or five goals on their day. Uh, when, whenever they please. But in these tougher games, they're really struggling to um, break teams down. And it, it's not the same on the defensive end. They, they can't, you know, uh, keep clean sheets and, and keep these good opposition uh, teams out of, uh, you know, threatening their goal and, and getting shots, uh, you know, on, on target. Um, yeah, it's a really telling time uh, for, for Queen because it seems as though they're all smooth sailing until they play O'Connor or ANU. That's where the barrier is at the moment. They're hurtling over the Ugalis, the Woggers, the White Eagles, the Westerns. But when it comes to ANU and O'Connor, it just seems to be a, just that slight bit of a too big of a hurdle uh, at this moment in time. Uh, and evidence backs that up. They just haven't been able to turn up in those games. And I'm sure it's something that Gabby Wilk will be uh, disappointed about because, you know, he's a big time coach. He's been around for a very long time and he just can't get this squad um, over the line. And uh, going on to the uh, round 14 uh, predictions, Matt, uh, we've got Brindabella Blues up against Wagga City Wanderers. As we mentioned, it'll, it will be played at Melrose Synthetic, their new designated home ground uh, this Saturday, 17th July, 3 p.m. I've got... I'm going to go for the Brindies here, Matt, uh, to, to get a win uh, in the in their new home uh, at Melrose Synthetic. Yeah, look, I agree. Uh, it's going to be a close one. Uh, it usually is between these two sides. Like I said, they'll both fancy their chances. I just think the Brindies have that momentum heading. They got the victory, the you know the second half victory, and then which is all three points. They got the uh, they got the draw against Ugali. Yeah, I think the Brindies. Um, will get the get the win, and if they get the win, they're going to be they're on a they might be on a bit of a run, and uh, and they might finish the season like they felt like they should have started the season in terms of their performances. Absolutely. Moving on to the second match, it's an absolute belter, Matt. 
it's the fixture of the round. O'Connor Knights versus ANU Saturday, uh, July 17th, 3 p.m. at Kayleen Enclosed. Both teams, 11 wins, one draw, one loss. Both teams on 34 points. Both teams with the same goal difference of 22. I mean, you can't, you literally cannot separate them at this point. It's going to be an absolute cracker of a game. And, you know, um, we could be potentially looking at our clear uh, leaders in this competition after the conclusion of this match. Um, this is really tough to call. I'm just going to say draw. I'm sitting on the fence. I, I cannot separate these teams. Yeah, look, I said a draw last time and O'Connor ended up winning. Um, look, after what I saw on the weekend... I'm going to say O'Connor by one goal. I don't know what the score is, but it'll only be by one goal. It's 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 tough to say, but like I said, what I saw from O'Connor on the weekend, I think they'll just have enough to beat and you just, just, it's going to be so close. Um, and yeah, like I mentioned, O'Connor did beat ANU in the reverse fixture. So for all I know, ANU could win this one, then there could be a draw next time or whatever. But yeah, look, I'm going to, just going to take a stab at it and say O'Connor due to their victory, impressive victory over Queanbeyan. Uh, next up, we've got White Eagles up against Western Molonglo uh, at Woden Park enclosed this Saturday at 3 p.m. I'm going to go for a White Eagles win here. Uh, now that they've got the confidence of getting themselves back into the top four, um, I, I expect them to carry on that momentum. Um, it'll be tough, though, against a Western team that put in a good defensive shift uh, last week. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to go for the White Eagles one on this one, but Western Malongolo will ha- get a lot of confidence out of that. They'll get a lot of confidence out of that uh, that performance that they put in against uh, the top of the table, ANU. But yeah, I'll, I'll say White Eagles. And lastly, we've got Yulgali up against Queanbeyan City at Solomad Stadium Sunday, 18th of July at 2pm. This is going to be uh, tough for Queanbeyan City. They really need to bounce back in a big way. And, and you know, uh, considering uh, the, the result, uh, you know, that, that, that they endured against the O'Connor Knights, it's hard to then go on a, uh, on a road trip um, to then sort of put that result behind you and, and come out and, and look to sort of rectify um, that. So, I mean... There's a lot on the line for them in terms of sort of keeping tabs on the, on those top two teams. But I think first and foremost, they've got to make sure um, that they finish uh, in the top four. So uh, I'm going to go for a Queen City win. It's all we've mentioned it before quite a few times in the show already. It's a very tough place to go to the Riverina. And Ugali always play their best football on their home pitch, at least this season anyway. I'm going to go for a draw in this one. I just think the pressure is starting to mount on Queanbeyan City. And if, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go for, uh, uh, for a draw in this one. All right. That's us for MPL2 done. Uh, really good show, Michael. Thank you very much. And any last words before we head off other than Italy are European champions? Forza Italia. Yep. That's a great <laughs> way to end it, Michael. Uh, any last words? No, those those were my last words. I think it's pretty much fitting for, um, you know, 
the result of this morning. So enjoy it, Matt. You know, uh, I'd be soaking it all in. Uh, yeah. And you know, the World Cup's not even that far away. So, you know, we've got another year and a half and, well, a year, year and a half? Oh. Less, right, a little less year. than a year and a half because it starts in November. A little less. Yeah, a little less. Yeah. Regardless, very close. It, it, time is going fast so um, quickly nowadays. Man, like it, it's literally going to come like that. So I'm looking forward to it. But definitely, definitely enjoy, um, you know, the, the victory uh, from, from this morning. I know I would be if I was, you know, if, if I was Italian. Unfortunately, I'm not. You know, my team got knocked down the group in the group stage, but still proud of North, um, North Macedonia. So. As, as you should be, and the great man Pandev as well. All right, like I mentioned before, Forza Italia. But anyway, it's coming Rome, and enough about that. Enjoy yeah. the football this weekend uh, in uh, your local competition, and uh, thank you very much, everyone, for joining in, and uh, we'll see you next week.